What is going on, Clips fans? It is me, Positive Chuck Mockler, one half of the hosting show here at Locked on Clippers. I am usually joined by William the Opinion Updike, but he is unavoidably detained. Either way, we're still bringing you this Clippers news. We bring this to you five days a week, 7 a.m., Monday through Friday. Come hang out. Come make us your first listen. Become maybe a more educated Clippers fan, at least one who has a little more jokes. Who knows? We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Big shout out to the Locked On Podcast Network. Today, we are going to be reliving the Clippers 123-104 loss versus the Pelicans. It was full of an absurd Jonas Valanciunas performance and some of the same old stuff from the Clippers that we just don't really like. We're also going to be answering questions from fans on Twitter Tuesday. Every Tuesday, we put out a prompt over on the Locked On Clips Twitter. Send in your questions. We'll answer them on the show or go back and forth through on Twitter. It's a pretty fun one. Got some great questions about the Hartenstein Abaka minutes as well as kind of what the impact of not having Kawhi has been so far on this offense. And then in shavings, which is where we look at kind of just random Clipper stuff rolling around in the drawer. Brandon Boston Jr. put up 46 points in the G League. We're going to have to talk about that. Maybe if he could be a spark off the bench or if that's a dumb idea. And then we're recording this on the one-year anniversary of Nick Batum coming to the Clippers. So you know we're going to talk a bit about Batum. So all that and more coming up right about now. Got to let you know this episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app. It saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for your subscriptions you don't want or need. You can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. Shout out to Truebill. Let's get into this Clippers versus Pels recap. There was no Marcus Morris in this one. He was just resting. Um, Amir Coffey played in his place. Amir had 9-3 and three and was, you know, fine. Um, some stats right off the top. Paul George had 27 points but added seven turnovers. Reggie Jackson had 19 points. Surge had a great-looking 13-6. and six. We're going to talk a whole bunch of Surge and what we liked in this one. I mentioned Jonas Valanciunas went crazy. He had uh, uh, 39 points. He hit seven threes in the first half, and Brandon Ingram had 27. Just a rough night for the Clippers' defense. Let's get into what we liked from this game. I mentioned it just now, but Serge Ibaka looked great. He found his rhythm shooting, which was fantastic. Went three for four from three. He was just moving well. Um, completely night and day from his first kind of attempt to return for the Clippers, which was awesome. Um, you know, that stint in the G League did him so much good. It has to be one of the best. You know, I don't know if there's a decision of the year award for the Clippers, but that uh, that might have to be up there uh, with the decision of the year from someone on the Clippers. We saw some Hartenstein and Surge minutes, which was Kind of uh, mixed results, let's just say. This isn't on Surge. Um, Ty Lue mentioned in the postgame presser that it makes it hard to kind of play two bigs defensively like this when they haven't really played together. Um, and we have to remember that usually the 4-5 combination is going to be you know, Nick Batum and Marcus Morris next to Surge. So it'll look a little bit better. Um, but yeah, hats off to Surge um, for, for being maybe the brightest spot in this very frustrating game. Clippers shot 39% from three. Hey, that's not bad. Um, the efficiency was there from everyone kind of other than PG and Kennard, which is a little surprising. PG and Kennard combined to go 4 of 14 from deep, 10 of 22 from everyone else. So, you know, the attempts were there. We also took right around our average number of, of threes per game. We're going to talk about the field goals overall in what I, uh, we didn't like from this loss. But the threes, they were there. Um, Reggie Jackson, 4 of 9. Amir Coffey, 2 of 3. Surge, 3 of 4. It was great. Hartenstein hit his 1-3, which was, you know, uh, if we're relying on Hartenstein threes, you can kind of tell how the game is going. We also got to see a nice second half uh, of this game from Terrence. This was maybe 
kind of the most aggressive he'd looked um, so far this year, which was um, fantastic to see. We needed it. He was getting to the rim. He was crashing the boards. He was doing kind of all the chaotic Terrence stuff that you really want and need him to do for this Clippers team. So we hope that he can build off that. Um, didn't exactly, you know, uh, stuff the stat sheet in this one. He did go two of six from the field. It's great. He had six and seven. Oh, and five. I'm, I'm a dummy. He did stuff the stat sheet. But he was minus 14. Um, yeah, just, you know, well, let's hope he can build off this. Him and Serge might have been uh, the brightest spots in this one. I don't know. Getting into what we didn't like, which is going to take the majority of this segment, I don't know whether to start with the offense or the defense. Um, let's go with the offense, I guess. In the second half, the turnovers were an absolute nightmare. Clippers only had five turnovers in the first half, which was fantastic, but they ended the game uh, with a hefty 15. So 10 in the second half. Paul George had seven of them, and I think, I mean, five of these seven were of the what-the-hell-are-you-doing what variety, um, where you just, you're just throwing lazy passes. And it, you just don't know what the Clippers are seeing out there sometimes um, with some of these turnovers. So that was very frustrating. The Pels had 94 field goal attempts. The Clippers had 72. You're not going to win a lot of games taking 20 fewer shots than your opponent. The ball movement was not there. Um, Paul George said in the postgame presser, if you give the team 20 extra possessions, it's hard to win. It absolutely is. Um, I referenced the ball movement, 17 assists on 37 made shots. That's not going to get it done. Um, I think our league average is around 58% for the Clippers um, on that assist to made buckets ratio, and that was well below that um, in this one tonight. It just it, – there's there's no cohesion. The, the shot selection was bad. Um, I, I don't know where the spark comes from because if Paul George isn't scoring 35, it's kind of hard for this Clippers team to put up 100 points. <laughs> I mean, it's it's – I don't know where it comes from. I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss of words kind of because, you know, a lot of things just haven't really worked out, I guess. But you look at the three-point percentage, and it was there. Just the volume wasn't there. Some of the shot selections were bad. Um, we went small to close this game with Valanchunas on the floor, which did not work out. This has been kind of a weird theme from Ty so far this year. This is maybe – the most kind of annoying thing Ty has done so far this year, which is go small with an opponent's big on the floor still who's been kind of killing us for part of the game. So kind of more of the same frustrations from this offense. Where does it come from outside of Paul George? And even when Paul George is out there, where is it coming from when he's out there? It just – there's not a lot of life to it right now. There's not a lot of creativity. Um, Ty Lue took some of the blame. He said it was kind of all on the, you know on everybody – uh, on the Clippers right now, and I, I think I got to agree with them because it, it's just not clicking in, in any real way for the Clippers on offense. It very much wasn't in this game. It just didn't look, you know, inspired is kind of a lazy way to, to talk about this, but it just, there's no oomph, um, really. That's what was so nice about Terrence kind of coming in in the second half of this game um, and showing a little bit of, you know, effort and stuff like that. Not that the guys aren't showing effort, but I think you know what I mean. Um and the other side of the ball, the defense just wasn't there. Ty Lue in the postgame ran down that they got anything they wanted, and he's not wrong. They beat us in points in the paint. They beat us in second-chance points. They shot 40% from three. They beat us in fast-break points. They beat us in offensive rebounds. No resistance anywhere on the floor on the defensive end. Ingram had 27 points on 66% shooting, nabbed seven boards. I'm hoping this is just a, you know, we, we were due for a bad game game, but who knows? Guys are tired. We're, we're in the middle of... 
kind of a brutal stretch. This was the second night of a back-to-back. Um, uh, yeah, it just, I mean, I don't know. It, it kind of culminated in, in the Jonas Valanciunas stuff, right? Like, you obviously don't expect Jonas to go seven or, of seven from three in the first half of a game. But this guy's a 40-plus percent shooter from three this season. Um, this is a, a an actual shooter. You'd think maybe after the fourth made three in a row, there'd be a little more urgency or something like that. But there was just no resistance um, from the clips on the defensive side of the ball. And that's – you're just going to lose when that's not there. Um, we usually end these with a how we're feeling, sca- uh, you know, a little bit. Um, I'm feeling – not very good, I guess. I'm drinking a, I believe this is a bottom shelf uh, rosé to try and kind of ease the pain from this loss. But it's just a frustrating one. Um, you know, th- some things did go right. The offense, you know, the three-point shooting, that was there. Um, the intensity kind of in the first quarter, that was there until, you know, the the Pels decided to just not miss anything. So this game felt like a perfect storm. You got the Jonas Valanciunas nuclear night. You got the defense not being there at all. Um, you got Paul George not hitting from down uh, town and you have second half turnovers absolutely galore. So I don't know, feeling pretty bummed out about this one. We get the Kings on Wednesday. So hopefully we can bounce back from that, but bit of a rough performance against the Pelicans. Uh, but as we know, this team can turn it around coming up. We're going to be uh, answering your questions from Twitter Tuesday. Thank you to everyone who sent those in. But first we got to give another shout out to true bill. Um, do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or just simply forgot about. We've all done that. On average, people save up to 720 bucks a year with Truebill. That's not, you know, that's nothing to scoff at. Companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it easy to do it for you. Just link your accounts, and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now, Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year and on average 720 bucks. One more time, Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. All right, welcome to Twitter Tuesday. We do this every uh, Tuesday here on Locked On Clips. We answer your questions from Twitter over at Locked On Clips. Send them in on a Monday. Send them in anytime. Um, we'll chop it up with you, and, you know, maybe we'll get it answered on the show. First question is from LA Clips Forum. Hope LA Clips Forum is doing well. Fantastic Clippers content over there. Um, they ask, PG-13 uh, has played every game this season. When do you think that streak will end? December has a few more rest days than November did, but we still have BS holiday weekend back-to-backs. So, funny enough, you should mention that, LA Clips Forum. I really hope it's uh, some part of these BS uh, holiday weekend back-to-backs. We have the Nets on the second night of a back-to-back after the Nuggets on 12-27, or the Nets, again, on the second night of a back-to-back um, that is part of, I, I think we played the Nets that second time on January 1st, which is a nightmare. That's also part of a back-to-back um, with the Raptors being the first game. So I'm hoping it's, you know, one of these Nets games or one of these Raptors games. Um, also, that Nets-Raptors uh, stretch is part of a 3-4 and four um, situation to, to open 2022, which is a good time. I'm also, you know, that's what I want to happen, but I'm not sure that is going to happen. Um, Ty Lue was kind of, I don't know if candid is the right word, but he was pretty much like, you know, if you rest in back-to-backs, if you rest Paul George, it makes it harder to win, and we need to win games right now. So there's a chance we might not see him rest any games. Um, let us know over at Locked On Clips what you think. I want to see him rest at least one of these games. Um, 
you know, we, we've seen some unscheduled losses, of course, but maybe a scheduled loss for the benefit of the good, you know, when we get Batum back from health and safety protocols and Morris is back at fully 100%, it'll help out. But it's kind of a fine line right now. Um, we don't really know what to expect um, in terms of rest because we just haven't seen very much of it um, for our top guy. Uh, Paul Bover asks, what has been, in your opinion, uh, the best win and the worst loss so far this season? Also adds, greetings from Spain. Thanks a bunch. Uh, greetings from Echo Park. Um, worst loss, probably blowing the 20-point lead to the Pels. That was incredibly frustrating. Or tonight's loss versus the Pels. That was really frustrating, too. Um, just frustrating to lose to the Pels twice, I guess. Best win, I think I got to go with uh, November 5th versus the Wolves. That feels good to revisit. Down 20 at one point, held the Wolves to 27 points in the second half. We shot horribly and let the defense do its thing. It was just good to see the resiliency. Um, you know that, So I think that's probably the best win right now, um, in my opinion. I don't know. I'm probably wrong in someone's eyes. So let us know over at Locked on Clips what you think um, the best win and the worst loss was so far this season. JR asks, am I the only one thinking Hartenstein and Nibaka need to play together, uh, especially Hart to alleviate ball handlers? I don't know. I'm not entirely sure if I'm ready to hitch my wagon to the heart surge minutes thing. But I will say that having a traditional 4-5 um, is a lot better looking than some of the four guards in the center or four guards um, in a power forward lineup we've seen. I'm also not sure how much more we're going to see of this one, but Toom is healthy. Um, a, he's such a glue guy. I don't think anyone thinks it's it's crazy to want Batum next to Surge over Hart next to Surge. And Ty Lue referenced it. We referenced it in the postgame. The defense is a little wonky with those two out there. Um, I don't know. I can see where you're coming from with this. I'm more open to it than I was before, I guess. Um, but I think there's going to be limited minutes for it. And I think partly Ty Lue's doing it out of desperation right now, which, I mean, we got to do something. PrimeWire64 uh, asks, why do we have the 25th offensive rating with Kawhi out? Did he really impact everything we do on offense? Uh, Two-part answer to this, yes, he's Kawhi Leonard. He's a top three player in the league. He's going to affect the offense by being there or by not being there. And we've been out a combination of Serge Batum and Mook off and on through the first 20 games, which is also not good. That doesn't help with continuity. We heard Doc Rivers talked about it. Um, we, heard, you know, It's been a thing with the Clippers. We heard Ty Lue talk about how there's something like 2% of a playbook right now. So there's just no time to practice um, because of kind of the brutal opening schedule for the Clippers. So... I mean, I'd probably say uh, 35, you know, um, 65 on Kawhi being out uh, affecting the offense and just injuries and whatnot affecting the offense. So definitely isn't helping things at all. Um, David White, uh, we got a bunch of questions about trades. David White, and we got a lot more after the game too. <laughs> um, David White says, are there any trades we can make? Any rumors? Feels like we're riding another season off. A, wait for Kawhi. B, have a very similar team to last year. C, same exit or similar. So I haven't seen a bunch of scuttlebutt about a trade specifically, but apparently John Wall would want to come to the Clips if he's bought out, which, sure, if John Wall is bought out, yeah, we're, we're cutting justice or whatever we got to do, and we're signing um, John Wall on the cheap. I'm not mad at that at all. Trade-wise, though, someone, a couple people asked about um, trades. Someone asked about getting Ricky Rubio for this team. Rubio for Bled works straight up. Not sure why the other team would do that, um, but, hey, why not try it? I'm, I'm wondering, we've had this discussion um, about, you know, kind of true point guards for this Clippers team. And historically, it doesn't make any sense because your two best players are your wings. They have the ball in their hand. You need the ball in their hands um, to be effective. And that's how this offense was built. This offense 
wasn't built needing kind of a floor general guy. Um, but now with all of these injuries, it does seem like maybe having a more truer backup point guard or something like that would potentially help some of these turnover issues, but we don't really know how to solve that because PG has the ball so much. I think he just has to be better. He talked about that in the post game. This is a roundabout way to say injuries have been playing a big part in why the offense looks bad um, and why there's these ideas for trades. And I think the Clippers have just been so hurt. I'm not sure a trade is possible. Um, Morris is still sitting out games to get healthy. Batum's on health and safety protocols. He's also never going to be traded. If Nick Batum was traded from his Clippers team, I think people would be very upset. Um, I don't think we can afford to trade Luke Kennard, who is one of the best shooters in the league. So that kind of leaves, you know, a lot of people point to Eric Bledsoe wanting to be traded. A lot of people, um, you know, kind of weirdly upset with Zubak, kind of 24-7, want him to be traded and stuff like that. Um, And other than that, those are the, the biggest salary people I think we could maybe let go, but that's kind of a tough spot because I'm not sure who you're trading Bledsoe um, and Zuvor, who's going to, you know, we're down guys right now, so it's not like we can have an uneven trade um, and, you know, potentially lose those roster spots and stuff like that. So the Clippers are in a bit of a rock and a hard place. You got injuries. Um, you know, you look at it like the way, you know, PG is having to play back-to-backs. If we're trading and we're losing guys, that's just putting more pressure on the roster that we have um, to try and get things done. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is right now. I, th- I, I think we got to wait and see. I know we've kind of been saying that, um, but we just got to wait and see. Not having Batum has been awful for this team. We're going to get into that in just a second, kind of in, in a nice way, talking about how important he is to this team. Um, but, yeah, thank you, everybody, um, for your questions. Very much appreciated. If you want your question answered, Send it on over to at Locked on Clips over on Twitter. We'll do our best to get to it. Um, coming up, we're going to be talking Brandon Boston Jr.'s huge afternoon at Staples Center and then a special anniversary that we're recording this on. But first, got to give a shout-out to Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Basketball season, full, uh, full tip right now for basketball season. You can get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs including, you know, maybe some potential, where is this player going to go stuff for the MLB? You can bet on NBA spreads. You can bet on the futures. You can bet on the NHL and all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next tip, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams. You know, try and figure things out 20 games in if you're the Clippers. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code locked on. That's all cap letters, one word. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, welcome to Shavings, named after our old podcast where we just kind of talk random stuff going on with the Clippers. And we got to talk about Brandon Boston Jr.'s uh, performance at Staples Center this afternoon. The best performance of any Clipper um, at Staples Center on November 29th was by Brandon Boston Jr. Scored 46 points, um, 15 of 20 shooting, 9 of 12 from three. Added five boards and five assists. The kid can score. Um, Watch the highlights. He's getting it done on every level. The lob, the jam, the podcast pointed out a great thing in these highlights of Brandon Boston Jr. is he's not taking a whole bunch of dribbles. You know, he's being deliberate with finding his spots. He's, He's just a professional scorer. He's ready to go. You know, all three levels, it's there. The confidence is there. We all know that. If you've seen any interview with Brandon Boston, you know um, that he knows that he can score. And now this is this is raising a question on uh, in Clippers fans' brains, and it's piqued my interest a bit. Should he 
be a bit of a spark off the bench right now, or are we just really excited about how good the 51st pick looks? Um, some people on Twitter were saying we should cut Winslow, send him down to the G League, get Brandon Boston Jr. in there. Um, but uh, i got to be honest, Justice Winslow isn't getting time right now. Uh, Justin Winslow had zero minutes of playing time in this game against the Pels. Maybe you can give a couple of the garbage time minutes to Brandon Boston Jr. He got a few minutes at the end. Um, but, I mean, who's going to be mad at a three-minute Brandon Boston Jr. shift? Uh, if you look at, you know, recent play from the Clippers, there's been scoring drought issues. We had multiple scoring droughts versus the Pels, who are the 27th-ranked team in defensive rating. We had a three-minute stretch where we didn't score against the Pels. We had a bunch of stretches. I think it was against the Mavs recently where we went like 11 cumulative minutes, and we put up three points. Um, we had, you know, droughts against the Warriors. He's probably not going to see time against the Warriors, but you see what my larger point is here. What's the harm? What's the harm in when you're not scoring um, for a handful of minutes of putting a walking bucket in there? I don't know. Um, Clippers fans want to see it. I know that's for sure. If we rest Paul George, we'll probably see some more Brandon Boston Jr. minutes um, for sure. It's just tough right now. Ty Lue is putting a big emphasis, and this is going to sound stupid, uh, on winning games, as he should. Um, we all know that winning games is the most important thing. And sometimes the process, like where are we at with the balance between winning games with a good process and winning games with bad process? Brandon Boston Jr. putting him in, Overall, probably bad process for the team as we get towards the playoffs. I'm not saying he's not a good player, but in terms of process, what are you really taking from Brandon Boston Jr.'s regular season minutes that you can carry over to the playoffs? But maybe that quote-unquote bad process is needed to keep us in a non-playing spot um, to get these wins and to deal with these things like these absurd stretches where we're not scoring and these absurd stretches of the schedule where we're just playing a whole bunch of basketball and not a lot of time. Um, there, there's gotta be a spark somewhere. I look, I get, you know, Brandon Boston jr. Um, the agenda is very real. Shout out LA Clippers film, shout out the wild agenda podcast. Let's, let's like, if we see, if we see another scoring drought of like three plus minutes against this, the Sacramento Kings on Wednesday, we're starting a petition on change.org to get Brandon Boston jr. Some minutes, um, Shout out Brandon Boston Jr. Um, what a fantastic day for him to have uh, at Staples Center. Agua Caliente Clippers playing another game at Staples Center, I believe, in the middle of the day. So if you want to, uh, you know, take your boss on a really weird lunch hang, take him to the Agua Caliente Clippers game. Or them, excuse me. Um, closing out the show, we're recording this on the one-year anniversary of Nick Batum coming to the Clippers off waivers. Oh, what a time that was. Uh, not sure any of us other than my, uh, co-host William, the opinion up like saw how much value the Clippers were getting in this signing. He and Reggie made up the best minimum signings in recent memory for any team. Both those guys on a minimum, on a minimum contract is absolutely absurd. Um, I personally had no idea what Nick Batum was going to bring to the Clippers after his year in Charlotte. I think a lot of people didn't. Um, he had healthy DNPs at the time. It was just kind of a weird situation, but he came here um, and he got he got new life. Um, he was, you know, his career was in a very weird spot. He came to the Clippers. Ty Lue's able to maximize his skills, and he's the ultimate glue guy. He's got a player option for next year that we all hope he really um, takes. He provides incredible value on both sides of the ball. He gets blocks. He hits threes. He's intelligent cuts, fantastic passing, guards multiple positions. The Batum Battalion thanks our leader for his service, Nick Batum, please stay. And Lily Batum, you're fantastic as well. The Clippers also cannot wait to get Nick Batum back because he is the glue that holds the small ball five together. Without Nick Batum, the Clippers small ball five is a kind of currently 
borderline desperation play. Um, he he just does so much to keep that small ball lineup operating at you know high efficiency and just as a well-oiled machine. Shout out to everyone in the Batum Battalion. Um, we cannot wait to have him back, which should be pretty soon. I think it's been around that 10 days since he entered the health and safety protocols. Ty Lewis mentioned he's doing okay. So let's hope we get Nick Batum back soon. We definitely need him back. Um, yeah, salute to the battalion. Whew. Yeah, the fans, I think, the, the, honestly, the fans getting the heim behind the Batum Battalion movement and letting Batum, you know, see how loved he was. He literally has said was a big part of him resigning. So to all the fans who are part of the Batum Battalion who have helped make him feel welcome, feel good about it because that's, you know, part of the reason he's back is because of your guys' efforts. So that's that's always good to see. That about does it for this episode. Uh, you know, b- bit of a, you know, tough night for the clips, but what are you going to do? Sometimes these things happen. Let's hope they stop happening, though. Wednesday's episode, we're going to be having a Clippers versus Kings preview. Um, also, a What You Say Wednesday poll over on Locked on Clips. Uh, we're going to be asking something, you know, about maybe the lineup, about a trade. Who knows? You can go ahead and vote in that. And, of course, whatever else happens between now and then in Clipperland, like I said up top, Locked on Clippers comes at you five days a week, Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Make us your first listen. I'm usually joined by William, the opinion uptake. You can listen to our old episodes if you want to see what his voice sounds like, I guess. Um, yeah, if you're so inclined, please leave a rating and review over on iTunes. We really need it. It really helps us out. You can find this podcast. Um, tell your friends on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Deezer, Target Pods, which is where you kind of walk in, not really knowing what you need. You end up listening to like 12 pods. Um, yeah, we thank y'all so much um, for rocking with us. The Clippers, they're going to turn it around. They got a packed matchup um, on Wednesday. It's going to be a good time. As always, I've been Positive Chuck Mockler, and we will talk to y'all tomorrow.